This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 251. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. This week on the show, we talked to Natalie from Beautiful Booze. She travels the world taking amazing photos of her boozy adventures. She talks to us from Italy. So we are in this place called Cortona in Tuscany, and I literally minutes ago just sabered a bottle of champagne. We'll talk about cocktail photography and also hear about how she travels the world full-time. I mean, she actually gave up her apartment. <laughs> Let's do a cocktail of the week. And I was inspired by a post on Natalie's Beautiful Booze website, beautifulbooze.com. She did a grilled citrus margarita that looks just gorgeous and yummy. As the weather finally starts to warm up here in late April, a margarita sounds like just a thing. I have a nice bag of mandarin oranges, so I thought I'd grill up a couple of those and juice them. I cut them in half and sprinkled them with a little sugar and put them on the barbecue for a few minutes. The sugar crystallizes and adds a little sweetness. I also made some mandarin orange round slices for garnish and grilled them as well. I used one ounce of that juice, the grilled mandarin orange juice, plus one ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice. I used half an ounce of Gramanier, half an ounce of simple syrup, and two dashes of orange bitters. And I thought, uh, usually I make my, usually I use a silver tequila in my margaritas, but I thought I'd try a reposado today to go with uh, the smokiness of the grilled fruit. So two ounces of reposado tequila. Shake that up hard with ice and strain uh, over, I like like my margaritas over ice with no salt, but, uh, well, more about salt in a minute. Uh, I I normally order it without salt myself, and that's how I prefer it. uh, in fact, I kind of discourage my guests from ordering it with salt. I, I don't ask them if they want salt. Of course, I'll give it to them if they request it, but it just seems to make a mess, and people shouldn't be consuming all that salt anyway. Uh, I usually add, at work, I'll usually add a few drops of my sea salt solution to my margaritas, uh, assuming they don't ask for a salt rim. Um, but with this drink, I actually did rim the glasses. I have this amazing black lava sea salt from Hawaii, and I got it at Amazon. I'll put up a link to that on bartenderjourney.net. The salt works really well with this drink. Uh, it's pretty great, actually, and it looks cool. So uh, when I order a margarita, when I get an order for, mar- for a margarita with salt at work, the first thing I'll do is rim the glass. It, it gives the rim a chance to harden up a bit. Also, I recommend doing your best to get no salt on the inside of the glass. This is not possible using those disgusting sponge margarita rimming contraptions. Well, I don't know if they have a name. They're so gross. Uh, What I do and recommended practice, take a lime wedge, probably the same one you're going to use to garnish your drink, and lightly rub the fruit around the outside of the glass, then roll the outside of the glass through the salt. It's also a um, good idea to leave part of the rim unrimmed so that the guest has the option in case of salt overload. So I'll have a uh, picture of our cocktail of the week and the recipe, and uh, have a picture of, of me actually grilling the uh, the oranges, which is cute. They're, they're a beautiful fruit, a very uh, brightly colored fruit. So uh, check that out on bartenderjourney.net. And uh, also we'll have the link to the black Hawaiian sea salt, which is delicious, and it's, you know, a couple of bucks. It's cheap. Okay, let's do a book of the week, and it's Jeffrey Morgenthaler's brand new book, Drinking Distilled, a User's Manual. If you know anything about Mr. Morgenthaler, you'll know he's kind of snarky and opinionated, in a, good, in a good way, of course. He's also a genius and a real bartender's bartender. You may, have heard my, you may have heard me recommend his first book, The Bar Book. It's honestly the first book I re- recommend when somebody asks me for a learn-how-to-bartend kind of book. It's, uh, it's great. It's not just recipes. It's a, it's a manual of how to bartend. Of course, we'll have links to both of those books, plus a link to the episode of Bartender Journey where I interviewed Jeffrey. Okay. Since I've done all this 
work to, to actually figure out um, what the truth is. And I, I feel like it's my duty to kind of like pass it along to the people, you know. His new book, Drinking Distilled, A User's Manual, is different. As it says in the title, it's a user's manual. It's mostly about how to drink like a grown-up. There are sections on what to drink when and for what occasions, how to act in a bar. Should you use your phone in a bar? Is it okay to send somebody a drink at a bar? Stuff like that. It's a fun little book, and I think you'll enjoy it. So check that out. And uh, anytime you use one of those links on bartenderjourney.net, to click through to Amazon doesn't cost you any extra, but it helps out the show just a little bit. All right, let's talk to Natalie from Beautiful Booze. Hi. Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for joining us again on the show. Where, where in the world are you today? So we are in this place called Cortona in Tuscany, and I literally minutes ago just sabered a bottle of champagne for the first, well, not champagne, <laughs> sparkling, sparkling Italian wine. All right. I just sabered sabered a bottle did, for the first time did you get it on the first try i did not get it on <laughs> the first try but honestly i've seen horror stories on instagram of people savoring bottles and it was actually super easy the reason i didn't get it on the first time because i was trying to practice like i didn't understand how much force you would actually need to use mm. but it's a it, yeah it was way easier than i thought <laughs> really it looks so it looks really difficult i remember watching i have never done it myself but I, I remember watching somebody trying to do it for the first time and he had, he had a heck of a heck of a time i had a professional teaching me so it was a lot easier honestly i just came to a lot i i i you know it's like people always ask me because they think I get opportunities just because I have like an Instagram account on Beautiful Booze. But actually, I get these opportunities not telling anybody that. So that's that's really what my, what my objective is for the account is that you can have these random experiences just by being curious. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. So let's just tell – get pe- – Let's get uh, people caught up who are maybe not familiar with uh, with what you're doing because it's uh, it's pretty impressive, pretty amazing. Yeah, so Beautiful Booze I created about four years ago, and about two years ago, I decided to take Beautiful Booze on the road just to discover new spirits and visit distilleries and just kind of be curious about alcohol. So now when I first started, I was doing a lot of recipes for the home bartender, but now I'm incorporating more travel, more booze travels, and just discovering new spirits, how they're made, etc. That's great. Well, it, I, I'm so impressive that you actually gave up your apartment and just travel around the world full time. That's <laughs> I'm jealous. Sometimes I I love doing it. Sometimes it's hard not to have a place to go back to. Yeah. I could see um, that. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it's just the balance. Like we're you know in Tuscany, and I want to do wine tastings, and I want to discover all these things. But at the same time, I've got to keep up with work. Yeah, you got to balance uh, balance work along with, but but it's it is work what you're doing, you know. But you have to do, uh, I'm sure, all kinds of. Yeah. There's a lot of posting involved, and um, and you and you make some um, deal. You have like sponsored posts and things like that as well, right? Yes. The balance I have in North Carolina that helps me with stuff when I'm on the road and I can't get to it. So a lot of um, photography, actually, my cousin helps me kind of do that so I don't have to go back to the U.S. every time I have a project. Uh Uh-huh. 
we talked a lot about it actually the last time you were on the show, but that was quite a while ago. Um, can you can you give people a couple of hints on taking great um, photos of, of cocktails and and uh, their experiences out in bars and things? Yes, and I'm the first person that says in a bar it's very difficult to learn the process of actually taking photos because most of the time bars are really dark. So that's a hurdle in itself. Yeah. But if you if you want to take photos just of your creations, I suggest natural light produces the best photos for clarity wise. Mm-hmm. So I always try to have natural light, but knowing that's not always possible. You know, I think trying to go by a window or utilizing like a patio area, a lot of bars these days have outside areas, just trying to look around the bar to see like what spaces you could actually use to get that natural light. And honestly, I go to bars right when they open mm. so I can do photos. Right. Not only are they not very crowded, but you also have more opportunities to get better photos. Yeah. And probably more opportunities to uh, talk to the bartenders and the staff, right? Before they get too busy. Yeah. You can pick their brain, kind of figure out what they're doing, what their favorite spirits are, and really pick up like trends from those different things. Because I get, as a home bartender, I get a lot of inspiration beautiful booze from other bartenders. So like traveling around really gives me that inspiration. And when I talk to bartenders in different countries, it's valuable for me because I can kind of pick up things that they're using, unique ingredients, and kind of put that into some of my cocktails for beautiful booze. Mm -hmm, For sure. Well, I like um, the tip. I think I got this. I got this tip from you at maybe at the uh, seminar in um, in Vegas at the nightclub and bar show to use uh, use a friend's phone yeah. as a uh, secondary light source. Right when it's dark, turn on the flashlight. Yeah, that's. A I think trip. that's a good idea because I recently bought a light to use in bars, like a little light. Mm. But I've noticed it's like I'm a little too embarrassed and intimidated yeah. to use it. <laughs> sure. It really like. It's like using a fl- it's like using a flash where it's like disturbing. So that's also why I try to go in early because I think that bartenders, you know, they're more flexible when there's not a lot of people in there for you to actually, if you want to use more, um, they're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's in their best interest, you know, to have uh, their cocktails instagrammed and uh spread around social media you know to promote the their bar and themselves and uh, especially you have so many followers <laughs> yeah so i try to like i mean most of the time when i'm traveling because i i don't always have an agenda so most of the time i go into bars and i'm not like making appointments or reservations i just go in so um i want to be able to just like be a regular person going to a bar not not but you know what i mean yeah sure like i just want to go in there and be able to talk to the bartender and kind of see what they're doing like on a daily basis yeah right yeah well it's kind of like the unwritten rule amongst bartenders you don't go into somebody else's bar and immediately announce you're a bartender (laughs) it's like an unwritten you know what i mean right unwritten rule yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you know what I bought recently? It's, it doesn't help for in a bar, but um, for taking pictures at home, one of these like umbrella light things. And I was like, I was just, oh, I just happened cool. to come across it on Amazon. And I was like, twenty five dollars? Heck yeah! Put that in my cart. 
And uh, so that yeah. that that works pretty well for $25. I mean, I when I'm to, uh, taking pictures from my site and making drinks at home, I try to bring them outside as well. I, I, I agree. You get really superior pictures uh, outside, um, you know, unless you have like super – a great, great camera and, and, you know, perfect lights, you know, but I mean, I think professional photographers often use like two lights or three, even I know in videography, we use three lights. So it's, uh, there's a, yeah. there's a lot to it, you know, but you can, it's amazing it's the results so you can hard. get. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's you, hard to figure that out because I'm thinking as you're telling me this, like, oh yeah, um, I picked up a light and stuff. I think it's good to have that backup because honestly, like I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my previous 12 years I was in Seattle. And even though I tried to shoot natural light there with all the rain and the darkness, it's almost possible. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not always a possibility with people's schedules, especially as kind of a hobby of something that you're doing at night. It's not always possible to have natural light. And my biggest thing when people ask advice about like how did you start beautiful booze it's like when i first started beautiful booze i wanted to have the perfect website the perfect photos the perfect recipes and then i realized if i waited to do anything until i had the perfect website i still wouldn't have started it you know what <laughs> right, i mean for sure so it's like you have to go with what you have just putting something out there is better than just delaying starting until everything's perfect because ne- nothing is ever going to be perfect so I think like having to use artificial light and things like that, it's, it still works. I, I still think it's, it's a really good option. Oh, definitely. I, and, uh, talking more about natural light, I actually find you, you don't want like full on blaring sunshine, you know, you get, you get, cause that's, that doesn't work. Usually you need like to be, uh, yeah. a little, a little filtered in some way or, or, uh, out of the direct sunlight, it seems in my experience, you get the best pictures that way. I know it's so hard. And I'm always moving from place to place. I don't always have the same setup. So I'm always looking for places on where I can shoot. And a lot of times when I go back to the U S a lot of products, I stay um, in North Carolina um, at my dad's house. And it's like one side of his house has windows. So that's where I set up to do photography. But at the same time, half of the photo is super bright. The other half of the photo is dark. And so I don't do like super edits on my cocktails. I do a little bit of Lightroom. It's the program I use here and there. Yeah. You can do so much on your phone now. It's amazing. And I, I kind of, before I saw you uh, at that same seminar at nightclub and bar show, I always felt like, you know, I should try to get the perfect picture and not, and not fool around with those filters and stuff yeah. too much. But you, you kind of gave me uh, uh, the permission to, <laughs> to mess with the filters a little bit. And you can, you can really uh, make, you know, make, maybe make the drink stand out from the background or there's so much you can do with that. I think honestly, like I have a Samsung phone and the actual camera on that phone is really good. And I think if you want to make edits within Instagram and not using the pre-made filters for Instagram, right. but just using different tones, you can increase lighting and shadows and things like that. There's a, only a couple things you can use in that app and it will literally edit your photo like Lightroom, like a professional photo. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a that's what I learned from you too. It's better just to f- f- uh, mess with the f- the slider things rather than the pre the 
the pre uh, pre made filters, whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I try to encourage people. Like people get barred down with Instagram because there's so many people that are photographers and stuff on Instagram, and obviously those photos are beautiful. But at the same time, regular people like us. You don't have to have a $10,000 camera to do what we do. Yeah. And I, I love how you, um, you, you always have something interesting in the photo besides just the drink, you know? So you put this one has a flower in it. This one is on a beautiful bar cart. This one has some, uh, is on like an old, uh, looks like an old farm table or something and it has flowers as well. So it's, uh, I think that's something people often, um, don't think to, to stage it with a little something else interesting in the photo. Yeah, I think it it doesn't take like an extreme amount of stuff to style. Like I always wanted to go overboard because I'm like an all or nothing person. But I realized over time, like some of the best styling stuff is just like seasonal ingredients. So if you're already putting like strawberries in your cocktail, like then you might as well put a couple just to like style up the cocktail. And I and I found a lot of times if you use like two cocktails it looks really beautiful and looks more of like a drinkable moment that you could be having with friends instead of just like one drink. Mm, that's a good point. I like if that. If that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, it's so tell us more like what's, what's next on your agenda. So I started out here coming to do a discovery trip on cognac in the end of January. So I've just kind of been traveling through Spain, France, and Italy. And now on Monday, because my time is about up in Europe, I'm flying back to North Carolina to do some projects. And I'm going to be speaking about social media, Asheville Cocktail Week. And Asheville is about 30 minutes from where I grew up. So I'm super excited to kind of give some social media advice to people and bartenders and restaurants in the Asheville area. Oh, very cool. And uh, so you are you staying in yeah. a lot of um, B&Bs or, or the uh, Airbnbs? I've never used that myself. <laughs> oh, yes. Usually I'm staying in Airbnb because I kind of like to try to live like local people do if it's possible. Mm -hmm. I try to stay places for a month so I can see places and also do work. Because if I'm just going to somewhere for like a week, it's hard to balance it all. Mm -hmm. So I do try to do Airbnb. So like recently on Beautiful Booze, I posted an Airbnb. Actually, I only stayed in for like three or four days in Turin, Italy. But they had like a whole bar set up, yeah, retro bar. It was amazing. Anyway, <laughs> did you know that so, was the? Yes, did I you did. know the place had a bar before you booked no. it? Wow. <laughs> no, I did not. And so, yes, I would, I try to do like Airbnbs and stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. really people ask me all the time, like, how do you travel like this? And it's like, I don't necessarily travel like I'm on vacation. I tr try to travel. I don't know. I tr try to live a normal life while traveling. So I don't do like a ton of like touristy extravagant stuff. Like only if I'm in a, a place for a couple of days, I try to like, you know, I was in Madrid for a month, so I I rented an Airbnb for a month, and I mostly did work, and, like, a couple days a week, like, I went out to dinner and did, like, normal stuff, and then for three or four months out of the year, I go back to North Carolina, and I, like, live with relatives to, like, save up, and then, like, 
go out and travel again, if that makes sense. Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit, and uh, we'd love to, you know, hear more from you. So if uh, if you're up for it, you know, just recording a little something right into your phone, and if you could send it over, we'll we'll throw it in the show. You know, no no pressure, but you know, I think that would be that would be fun, so people could keep up with your adventures and uh, and you know, stay connected to you. Well, I would love to do that because I would love to do a little bit on Asheville because it's an up and coming place. Yeah. And it's near where I'm from. And I would also maybe love to do a little segment on, um, I'm going to go right before I do the actual cocktail week, I'm going to WSWA. What's that? So um, it's a conference where people bring stuff to try to find distributors. So it's mm-hmm. wine and spirits. So you see all the new products. Oh, yeah coming onto the market so there's like crazy stuff so i would love to like report live from vegas and kind of talk about the trends that i'm seeing that are coming up in the market oh that'd be awesome love that yeah very cool so those are the two things i have on the agenda for right now because i don't plan ahead so far but i would like love to do at least two more segments in the next like month if that works for you guys awesome that'd be great perfect yeah there's another thing like that in new york uh the usa trade tasting uh event it's a two-day event and it's same same thing where uh they're it's mostly wine but there's spirits as well that they're looking for distribution you know so that's a that's an interesting event that you and uh i think it was i don't know my my ticket was free i I forget how that worked but um i forget if i got a press pass or or they're just it may just be free to get in uh that's the 2018 usa trade tasting uh that's may 15th and 16th for anybody who's in in the new york area wants to check that out and then That's um cool. when, when's the uh when's the one um oh the Asheville cocktail week yeah so that's in North Carolina so I'm from Waynesville North Carolina which is like about 30 minutes from Asheville which is the closest big city because I'm from like a very small town hmm. and so I'm super like happy that in the area I grew up we have a very like homegrown restaurant and cocktail scene. So I'm going to be speaking about social media and really how bartenders and restaurants can utilize social media to help engagement and get more people to come in. Great. So I'm both of the W the WSWA in Vegas and the actual cocktail week are in the same week. It's like the end of April, beginning of May. Oh, Okay. We'll have to try to get that on the uh, on our events page because uh, I must admit, yeah. you know, the, some of these some of the uh, sort of smaller markets, I, I never hear about these events. <laughs> you know, I know that I know they fall through the cracks. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to. This is their third year of doing National Cocktail Week. I happened to be in town last year for it. I didn't present, mm-hmm. but I attended a lot of the events, and I was super impressed. Like. Maker's Mark did a dinner there and some tequila brands and other whiskey browns there. And I was super impressed with the the people that came out and the bartenders that were really engaged in cocktails. And um, I just talked to the team that produces it. And I was like, well, you know, I think I could help some people in this area with social media. So I would love to come speak. And they were like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, we have we have listeners all, all over the place. And, uh, you know, I'm so New York folk, you know, how New Yorkers are. It's like there's New York, yeah. New Yorker. There's like New York in the rest of the world. Right. So. So. Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm glad to I'm happy to spread the word on on stuff that maybe people. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I won't keep you. Um, I, I appreciate your time so much. And um, tell, so tell everybody, yeah. first of all, I'm always scared to pronounce your last name because I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> That's okay. And I'm honestly, like, I'm in Italy and they're like, they can pronounce, well, my name is pronounced correctly for the first time ever here because <laughs> it's, it's an Italian last name. And I say, well, I'm from the South, so I pronounce the G, which here they're like, oh, my God, like, what's wrong with you? So I say Migliorini. Okay. So that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> and how would they say it in Italy? I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> well, they don't pronounce the G, and I feel super dramatic saying it. So they're like, Migliorini. Uh. If, if I talked like that, I would feel very impressed, like saying my last name. But since... I have a very slow southern drawl. I say Miglarini, and that's just how we pronounce it in North Carolina. <laughs> that's your that's your name. <laughs> You've been saying it that way your whole life. Yeah. No need no need to change it now. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Natalie. And uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Like I said, we could we could record this way next time, or if you want to just use the voice app on your phone and record it and send it over. Either way is cool with me. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. Um, you, I'm uh, like I said, I'm I'm kind of jealous of all your traveling. I haven't haven't made any trips in uh in several months now. It's been a, been a while, so <laughs> hopefully I'll get back to it. I know what you mean. You get wanderlust. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be well, in touch. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and I hope we uh, meet up again. Do you, do you never go to? Yes. I never see you at Tales of the Cocktail. Is that something you? Well, I've been there for the last four years. Oh, you were. No, and we. We that I th- that's when we first met. I think uh, the first or second year I went to Tails. Oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't think I've seen but, you at Tails since that. So the third and the fourth year, I've just been busy. I think um, I've been more avoiding avoiding the parties, and I've been doing more like lunches and dinners. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard because there's so many, like, there's so much stuff for media. It's like, oh, so if you much. don't overlap, there's people that are like my super best friends that go to Tales and I don't see them the whole week. Yeah, I know. I are was, you going this year? I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to. Yeah, I, I, uh, I haven't made farm okay. plans yet. My, my life's so, a little up in the air right now. but I know what you mean. I'm still trying to decide too. So if we both end up there, we definitely have to meet for a cocktail. For sure. For sure. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make that happen one way or another. For sure. All right, Natalie. We'll be in touch. Thank you again. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Make sure to check out Beautiful Booze on all the socials. And the website is beautifulbooze.com. And we hope to be hearing more from Natalie in the near future. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every every week at the end of the show. So stand by for that. If this show's helped you out, entertained you, informed you, please consider supporting Bartender Journey with a small monthly pledge to our Patreon campaign for the price of a couple cups of coffee each month. You can show your support for this show and help keep it going. And please follow Bartender Journey on Instagram at Bartender Journey. All right, here's our toast. To the thirst that is still to come. Cheers, we'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Riding on the internet, cyberspace, sex-free, 
reality. Interactive appetite, searching for a website, a window to the world, got to get online. Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set, you're going surfing on the internet.